Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Appreciate that. Beautifully done. By the way, there is a meal, if you're staying for the afternoon service, and I sure hope you'll be here for the afternoon service. After, Sunday afternoon services are so very important. But if you are staying and you'd like to take advantage, there is a meal back in the ministry center for a small donation. You are welcome to take part in that. If you're visiting with us, take part and don't put a donation in there. Just be our guest. We'd love to have you stay and then stay for the afternoon service. As you can see by these banners, we have a theme this year. Now, we don't have themes every year, but this year the Lord laid it on my heart that we should have a theme. And the theme is found in the last two words there from Matthew 16, 24, follow me. And I came up with that. The inspiration for that was listening to this um, theologian who got up and at the beginning of his talk, he said, I've been following Jesus, I forget what he said, 35 years, let's say. I've been following Jesus 35 years. And as some of you have already heard me say, that struck me because I don't hear people say that. I've been following Jesus. I hear people all the time say, I'm saved. That's great. I'm born again, same thing, that's great. I trusted Christ, same thing. That's fantastic, I hope you can say that. But he said, I've been following Jesus, which would imply all the aforementioned things, you know, I've trusted Christ, I'm saved, I'm born again. You're kind of assuming that. But following Jesus implies to me a greater dedication, a greater commitment Because I see a lot of, well, how shall I say it, fair-weather Christians. Christians that will hop on the bandwagon when things are going good. But are they really followers of Christ through the good times, through the bad times, through thick or through thin? I'm absolutely convinced we ought to be. We ought to be followers of Jesus. Yes, we need to make the proclamation that we're saved, that we're born again. But more than that, we ought to be followers in the sense that we are committed. We are dedicated. You can count on me, pastor, kind of thing. I'm going to be there. I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to wimp out when we got to go uphill because a lot of life is uphill. So it's important. So through these series, and once a month I'm trying to preach on this theme, and that's what I'm doing this morning, the theme of follow me, and we're asking the question this morning, who are you following? Because truth of the matter is every person in this room is following someone, more about that later. But let me illustrate what I'm talking about, this idea of a greater commitment, a greater dedication. I I told this, I gave this illustration years ago, and I ran across it this week, and it illustrates what I'm talking about. Uh, Some of you haven't heard this, but years ago there was a man who had a tight wire across Niagara Falls. And he was going to walk across Niagara Falls on that tightrope. And he was going to push a wheelbarrow across that tightrope. Now, he was all staged, ready to go. He's up on the platform at one end of the the tightrope. And there's a crowd there gathered beneath him. And they're cheering him on. 
And he picks out one guy in particular. He says, you, sir, you think I can do it? You think I can make it? Sure, you can make it. Go, go, go. I know you can do it. He says, great. He says, sir, do you think I can take this wheelbarrow across with me? That's no problem for you. You've done this all, you know, hundreds of times. You, you can do that. He says, you believe I can do it? He said, yeah, I believe you can do it. He says, come get in. He said, not me. That describes too many Christians. We don't want to get in. We're kind of Sunday morning. and kind of limited to that. Kind of a feel-good Christianity. Jesus is more the equivalent of a lucky rabbit's foot. It wasn't lucky for the rabbit, was it? I just thought of that. You got his foot. I don't know how you equate luck with that. Who are you following? The question is, who are you following this morning? And are you really following him? I read this story. I'll read it to you. It's just one paragraph. This gentleman said, A few years ago, I was walking down Prague's Wenceslas Square over in the Czech Republic when I coincidentally, without realizing it, found myself in the middle of a protest. It was so easy to blend in with them to get into their middle and march with them. But once I tried to leave the mob, step out and continue on my way, I couldn't. Bodies all around me prevented me from getting out of the way despite all my efforts. After I finally extricated myself from the crowd of protesters, I realized how powerful and influential even a small group can be. How easy Is it to follow the masses without thinking about where it would lead me? The point of this illustration is this. Who you follow is very important. And I want us to look at one of the saddest stories in all the Bible this morning, and we're going to look at it because it it, it teaches us some very important truth. But I want us to look at the story of a young man who seemed to have everything going for him and who was inquisitive and curious about Jesus, but who in the end had a choice to follow Jesus and sadly chose not to. And what we're going to look at this morning is also what we're going to examine what most people are following today. If you're not following Jesus, who are you following? And let me say this to every person in this room, whether you claim to be a Christian or not. You're following something or someone. I guess a better way to put it is someone. You say, oh, not me. I'm I'm, I'm my own man. Wait, you just told us who you're following. Okay? We're all following. And we're going to look this morning at also who should you be following. I want to make you aware of who you might be following And then challenge you as to who you should be following. If you think you aren't following anyone, you couldn't be more wrong. Now, this whole idea of who you're following, because you are, I am, my wife is, my children are, they're all, they may not have a self-awareness of it. But trust me, you may not have a self-awareness of it. You're following. Now, why is that important? Because who you follow, that's going to be an influence on you. That's going to influence you. Secondly, it's going to impact your life. Who you follow is going to impact your life. And ultimately, who you follow will determine your eternal destiny. 
Now, let's begin this morning by looking at this very tragic Bible story of a young man, a good young man. He's referred to often as the rich young ruler. And his decision not to follow Christ. We read one account of that story. There's several in the Gospels, but the account we're going to look at this morning is found in Mark chapter 10. We begin reading in verse number 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, that's talking about Jesus, there came one running. This is the rich young ruler. And kneeled to him, showed him great respect, and asked him, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Great question. That's the question you ought to be asking. And man, is he at the right source. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. And we'll explain what Jesus meant there in a little bit. Then in verse number 19, the story continues. The Lord says to him, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy mother, thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, All these have I observed from my youth. This is a morally upstanding young man. Verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. The Lord's heart had had compassion for this young man that had come to him, asking him such an important question. And said unto him, One thing thou lackest. Now the... The Lord knows this young man's heart. The Lord knows more about this young man than this young man knows about himself, as is the case with the Lord and all of us. One thing thou lackest, Jesus said, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. In other words, you'll be saved. You'll have eternal life. And come, take up the cross, and there's the two words, follow me. Our theme for this year, follow me. Now look at his response. He's looking Jesus in the eyes, folks. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. He was faced with a choice. And he chose not to follow Jesus. And every commentator you read says there is no indication that this young man ever followed Christ, ever got saved. And what a tragic testimony that for 2,000 years he has been suffering in hell. He was so close and, as it says, yet so very far away. Jesus tells this young man something that we need to understand in modern-day America. We live in a very narcissistic world, and if we're not careful, that rubs off on us. Narcissism means it's all about me and my pleasure and my joy and what I want to do and my goals and my aspirations. We're Americans. We're self-made men and women. We're independent. Well, a lot of that is commendable, but that has to come into check when we talk about our relationship with Jesus. 
Jesus tells this young man to follow him. What does that mean? What was Jesus telling him? Very simply, Jesus is telling him, trust me as your Savior. Let me save you from your sins that condemn you to hell. To follow Jesus means to trust him as your Savior. And he's telling that young man, and do as I say. We're not used to that. In fact, that may make some of us even bristle. Somebody come to you and say, do as I say. Jesus told that young man, follow me. The implication is, trust me as your Savior and do as I say. Are you willing today to do as Jesus says, as the Word of God says? In your mind, you may be thinking right now, well, well of course, of course. Well, you can be faithful in church because he preaches being faithful in church. Well, maybe you're not doing as he says. Maybe you're really not following him. And the Bible teaches tithing and giving and generosity. Certainly you're doing that. Or you're not? Well, maybe you have a misconception. Maybe you think you're following him, and in reality, you're not. Listen, it is fully appropriate for Jesus to have told this young man and for Jesus to tell Glenn McMorris to follow me, to do what I say. I mean, he is our creator. Without him, we're not here. Us being here wasn't our idea. We didn't make it happen. He made it happen. He has a legitimate right to tell his creation to follow him. And the good news is he only wants best for us. what's best for us. You know, Sharon and I, if you will, if you want to say created in a sense, Jeremy, Aaron, and Matt, our three children, we had a legitimate claim for them to follow us, to do as we said when they were young, because we wanted the best for them. The Lord, our creator, has a legitimate claim to tell you, follow me, do as I say. And folks, that's in your best interest. That's in my best interest. That's not a bad thing. I want to live life my way. No, you don't. No, you don't. What's in it for you if you follow him? Well, let's look at maybe what's the most well-known passage in the Bible. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Well, a shepherd leads and the sheep do what? One word. The sheep follow okay he's our shepherd we're we are to follow him well i want to live life my way you can't improve on what god wants to do for you listen follow him i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures he leadeth me beside the still waters there's so many folks today that are just in rough water tumultuous lives filled with drama Could it be that you're not following him? Because if you follow him, he's going to make you lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead you beside the still waters. Verse number three, he restoreth my soul. I'm not empty anymore. I don't need the the drugs. I don't need the alcohol. I don't need the nicotine. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. 
Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, this is following Jesus, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And if that's not good enough, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No, you don't really want to follow Jesus, do you? Now that I've read that, I'm with you. You know, do your thing. Be independent. Be strong-willed. Be bullheaded. Do, you know, do what you want to do. Nah, that doesn't work for me. But thankfully, through the centuries, millions of people, to their benefit, have followed Jesus. But sadly, many more have not. This is a man that came face to face with Jesus and decided not to follow. This, this is a sad decision because in that same passage, there's revealed to us, and we'll look at it in a second, three compelling reasons in that passage why he should have followed Jesus. And we're going to look at those in just a second. We're going to look, number one, at what people are likely to follow, and then we're going to look real quick at why it is so important and why it's smart to follow Jesus. And as we look at these reasons, I want to accomplish two things this morning. I'm going to tell you up front what I'm trying to accomplish standing in this pulpit. Number one, if you aren't a follower of Jesus, I want you to see there are very good reasons why you should be. If you're here today and you've heard about Jesus and you've just kind of blown it off, let let me tell you. I want you to consider the reasons you should follow him. And and, and let me add this. I had the privilege of doing a, a memorial service yesterday and I shared this with folks. Because I wasn't sure at that memorial service who were believers and who weren't. But I can understand non-believers looking at Christianity as a whole and saying, I don't want any part of that. How many of you can remember back to the Jim Baker days and the mockery involved with all that stuff? And then happened with Jimmy Swaggart. And now you got all kind of crazy stuff and stuff being done in the name of Jesus. And I told those folks yesterday, wait a minute, before you decide not to follow Jesus, don't judge Jesus by the shortcomings of Christians and our failed lives. Judge Jesus by Jesus. Look to him. Don't look at me. You'll find flaws with me. Okay, if you look close, you'll find way too many flaws. So as we're talking about Jesus, some of you might be put off by the idea, well, you Christians, you know, you, you don't have it right. And look, the, you know, the, the, <coughs> the, the Catholic Church calls itself Christian. They burn people at the stake. And, you know, you got all these charlatans out there and what have you. Well, you're looking at the wrong thing. I didn't tell you to look at them. I'm telling you, look at Jesus. Look at his word. Consider Christ. So I'm hoping if you're not a follower of Jesus that you're going to see there's good reasons you should follow him. And number two, if you are a follower of Jesus, which I hope most of you are this morning, I want to remind you why that was the smartest decision of your life. Smartest decision you ever made. This young man made the worst decision he could have possibly made when he chose not to follow Jesus. To not follow Jesus simply means, now follow me, that you're choosing to follow something else. If you don't follow Jesus, then you basically have three choices in this world of what you're going to follow. Let me give them to you real quick. If you're not following Jesus, if you're not a believer, 
and your family and friends who are not believers, they are either following, number one, the flesh. The flesh. Their human nature. Galatians 5.17, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. In other words, the flesh is influencing us. It, it wants us to follow it. And these are contrary the one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. <coughs> and then he gives us verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery. If you're going to be guided by the flesh, you're going to be tempted to be involved in all of this. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, and lasciviousness, and on and on it goes. Trust me, if you say, I'm my own man, I am calling the shots in my life, what you're saying is, the flesh has control of me. And the flesh is leading me, there's a ring through my nose, and it's leading me down the path of destruction. If it's not the flesh that you're following, then, number two, it's the world. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? The Lord doesn't want you to be friends with the world because it's going to influence you. You are going to follow it. It's going to lead you to be an enemy of God. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. 1 John 2, 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is of the Father. But it is not of the world. And yet, too many people, including many Christians, it's the world calling the shots. It's the world telling them how to dress. It's the world telling them what's cool. It's the world telling them what is right. It's the world telling them what is wrong. And all I got to say is, how's that working for the world? This world's a mess. And yet there are people in this room that are more concerned about what the world says about life than what the Bible says about life. If you're not following the flesh, if you're not following the world, then you're following the devil. John eight forty four. ye are of your father the devil. Talking about all unsaved people. And the lust of your father ye will do. You see, he will influence you. You will follow him. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Verse John 3, 8. He that cometh, committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. People that are not saved are of their father, the devil. He is calling the shots in their lives. How else do you explain the hatred, the bitterness, the cheating, the lying, the stealing, the murdering, the the, the neglect, and all the harm that's being done? What's the source of that? That's coming from the influence of Satan. So the flesh, the world, and Satan, you're either guided by one of those or probably more likely any one of a number of combinations. Unsaved people and backslidden Christians are probably, all three of those are having negative offenses if you are not following Christ. So who are you following this morning? I wanted to include this quote. Worship of Jesus is rather harmless and risk-free. Actually following Jesus changes everything. So let me give you this morning three reasons as to why It is wise and smart to follow Jesus. And again, what does following Jesus mean? It means, number one, that you trust him as your Savior. And number two, you do what he says. 
Why is it smart to follow Jesus, number one? You're wise to follow Jesus because he is a good master. He is a good master. Folks, we all in our lives will have masters. We just mentioned three of them who are cruel masters. I've never seen anybody do well following their flesh, following the world, or following Satan. You're going to have a master. That young man had a choice, and he chose not to follow Jesus. But he didn't think, okay, now I'm just going to be my, a self-made man. No, he was under the influence of his flesh. And to what degree he's also under the influence of Satan and the world, we don't know. But you're wise to follow Jesus because he is a good master. Mark 10, verse number 17 in our passage this morning. And when he was going forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And then uh, Jesus asked what could be a perplexing question or response here. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. There is some debate among commentators, theologians, as to what Jesus meant when he said, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. So I do my homework for you. I consulted people that I value their opinions, guys that are certainly better theologians than I am. Two of them are John MacArthur and Warren Wiersbe. And they said when Jesus said, There's none good but God... This is how they interpret it, and I agree with it. Why do you call me good? Jesus challenged the young man to think through the implications of ascribing to him the title good. Since only God is intrinsically good, was he prepared to acknowledge Jesus' deity? By this query or question, Jesus did not deny his deity. On the contrary, he affirmed it. In other words, the rich young ruler got it right when he called him a good master. When you follow God, you benefit from his goodness as your master. You can't do any better. He is a good master. And I have found that since I chose to follow Jesus, I too have been tempted at times to follow the flesh. I too, as probably you have, if we're going to be honest, have at times been tempted to be influenced and follow the world, or sadly, even Satan. But I can tell you with 100% certainty, when I have gotten it right and I have followed Jesus, even though it might have been daunting at times, uphill at times, it has never failed. It was the right decision to make. It was the right decision to make. Why? He is a good master. Which brings us to point number two, because they're related. You're wise to follow Jesus because Jesus loves you. In that same passage, Mark chapter 10, verse number 21, it says, then Jesus beholding him loved him. What does that mean, Jesus loved him? I don't have the quote on the screen, but I like this quote. There, to love someone means there is a sincere desire for such a person's welfare and an anxious wish to do him good. As this man came to Jesus and knelt before Jesus, the Bible very clearly says Jesus loved him. That means the Lord desired the 
best for him. Wanted the best for him. Wanted to do good for him. That was God's attitude towards that young man. And the good news is that's God's attitude towards every person in this room. Sometimes when life gets tough, we might be challenged to think, well, nobody loves me or nobody cares. And that, there's nothing further from the truth than that. Maybe humanly speaking, you may not be aware of somebody's real love for you. But does that mean, therefore, you are not loved? No, it means you are still loved by he whose love should mean the most to you. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. To follow Jesus is to be loved by Jesus. Think about it. Think about how much he loves you. I I read this illustration. Let let me share it with you. That kind of demonstrates how much Jesus loves you. It says, a certain medieval monk announced he would be preaching next Sunday evening on the love of God. And as the shadows fell and the light ceased to come in through the cathedral windows, the congregation gathered. And in the darkness of the altar, the monk lighted a candle and carried it to the crucifix. First of all, he illuminated the crown of thorns. Next, he took the candle and illuminated the two wounded hands. Then he took the candle and illuminated the spear wound. In the hush that fell, he blew out the candle and left the church, for there was nothing else to say. Yes, in these crazy days, you are loved. And you are loved by whom it matters most that you can and should be loved. As a follower of Jesus, you get to experience on a daily basis the love of God. Number three, you're wise to follow Jesus because only he can give you eternal life. Mark 10, in that same passage. Then Jesus, beholding him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. In other words, you can be saved. Now, is that teaching works? No, that's not teaching works. Remember, we're talking Jesus here. Jesus is talking to this young man, and he knows this young man's heart. It's with the heart man believeth in the righteousness. And this young man's heart was more concerned about his wealth than he was his faith. And the Lord knew that. And therefore, he missed out on eternal life. You follow Jesus because he is the only way to eternal life. Jesus saith unto him, and there seems to be some controversy today. You know, that, you know, you've got to be open-minded today. By the way, we're going to be teaching on that very soon, probably concerning the 4th of July. Folks, liberals in this country, I'm going to chase a rabbit here. Liberals in this country have gone slap-dab mad. They are totally unhinged. And I have had the hardest time understanding where they're coming from, and I've been made it a point all this year to study it. I'm right about there. And my eyes have been opened, and I want to share that with you over the next couple of weeks. But they, liberals will always fall on the side of, of, of wrong. You know, if, if Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father by me, they are going to be offended by that. Because they're going to say, well, well you're, you're against Islam. 
and, and, and you're, you're, you're against the, the Roman Catholics or, or whatever it may be. Understand, Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father by me. This young man went away lost. As a follower of Christ, you get to experience the gift of eternal life. So, let's conclude this morning. If you are a follower of Christ, we all mess up. We all backslide. We all get it wrong sometime. But if at your core you want to get it right, if at your core you do feel bad when you feel like you haven't obeyed him, you being a follower of Christ, understand the blessings of that. He is a good master to you. He loves you. He gives you eternal life. And if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Christ, don't be misled. Don't focus on me. Don't focus on my wife. Don't focus on all the charlatans. You focus on Jesus and what he taught and the life he lived and the sacrifice he made, and then tell me why you won't be a Christian this morning. You need to follow Christ. I love this quote. If we're not willing to wake up in the morning and die to ourselves, perhaps we should ask ourselves whether or not we are really following Jesus. Tomorrow, Monday, we all start our work week, our school week, or what have you. Will we just wear the label, or will we truly follow him? Mark ten twenty one. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Come, take up the cross, and follow me. Tomorrow. Don't you dare follow your flesh. Don't you dare do it. And I'm preaching to me too, because I'm tempted to sometimes. Lots of times. Don't follow the flesh tomorrow. Don't follow the world tomorrow. The world's going to try to tell you what's cool, what's acceptable, and what's not acceptable. Don't do that. Certainly don't follow Satan and his influence. The evil. The debauchery that he is known for. Tomorrow, let us all wake up with a conscious decision, with the Lord's help, to follow him. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at Church. Dot com. Thanks for listening.